Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio, Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 314 episodes made, originally airing on the NBC network from 1949 to 1957, we bring to you Dragnet. The story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a narcotics detail. You receive a call from a former suspect you arrested. He wants to meet with you. He claims he has information and contacts with a big narcotics ring. Your job? Check it out. documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Tuesday, August 9th. It was warm in Los Angeles. We were working a special detail out of narcotics division. My partner's Ed Jacobs. The boss is Captain Kearney. My name's Friday. It was 7.28 p.m. when I got to Lincoln Park, the west entrance. Yes, sir? Got a couple of bags of peanuts, please? Yeah, sure thing. Ten a bag, that'll be 20 cents. All right, thank you. Well, thank you. Hi, Friday. Jack. But it come off a sooner. I saw you walking around the park, wanted to make sure you weren't tailed. Yeah, I made sure of that before I came in. Let's go over and sit down. Okay. Say, there's a lot of stuff just came in town. Some new pushers came with it. You know that? Yeah, it's some talk. Like to knock them over? I got the contact. What's in it for you, Jack? A couple of reasons. Yeah? One thing I'd like to tell you back. I got out of jail last week. I talked to the wife. She told me what you've been doing for her and the kids while I've been up. A nice family, Jack. You let them down. And you didn't. I'm not going to forget it. Wife still has that job you got her. The kids' asthma's a lot better, too. Appreciate you finding that place in Tahunga for him. It sure helped. I'm glad to do it. Want some peanuts? Yeah, thanks. Now, what about this narco ring you mentioned? Remember Snuffy Brain? Yeah. Busted him the same time he did me. Got a year. Yeah. Just before I got out of county last week, he told me to go see a guy get me a job. What kind of a job? Same kind you busted me on before. Pushing the stuff. What's the guy's name? Cadillac Red. Hmm? Yeah. New York, I think. Likes to drive big cars. I guess that's how he got the name. Huh? What's the story on him? Red's been in town a month. Four or five guys with him, all from the east. Red says they got a big one to unload, six kilos. Heroin? Mm-hmm. Mexican stuff. They seem to be having trouble. What do you mean? Finding pushers, setting up a deal. The only contact they had out here was Snuffy. He's in the can. They're shouting around. I'll let them on peanuts, Dad. Yeah. You talked to this red nigga? Mm-hmm. 
What's he asking from you? Like I said, he wants me to start pushing stuff for him. They need contacts bad. I let him hang. I didn't say one way or the other. He's going to phone me tonight. Myself? Well, you figure you'll tell him. Depends on you, Friday. I know one thing. I'm not going to start pushing the junk again. You get around it, you handle it, you start to chippy with it. Before you know it, you hook yourself. You figure what you want to do, I'll help all I can. I owe you that much. You pretty sure the gang needs contacts? Hungry for them. Sitting on 20 ounces of junk. Can't find anyone to trust to push it to. They got problems. Yeah. Think you could give me an office to him? Pass me off as a buyer, friend of yours, maybe? Good chance. How do you want to do it? Well, let him know you have a friend who's ready for a buy. Tell him I'm from up north. Make it Fresno. Red Mountain neighborhoods, all right? Okay, sounds good. Well, this man, Cadillac Red, he's been a phone you tonight, is that right? Mm-hmm. I'll call you as soon as I hear from him. All right, fine. Don't call me at the office. Here. Here's my home phone. Don't worry about it. It's a silent number. I can't trace it. Mm-hmm. You call there. If I'm not in, leave the message with my mother, okay? Your mother, okay. Present 49321. Okay, I'll ring. How much do you know about this red? You impress you as a big operator? Middle size, I guess. He's out in New York. That's about all I know for sure. Same for the rest of the gang. It's supposed to be handling quality stuff real good. How good? Red claims it tests out 40%. I don't know what his asking price is. Where's this red stain? Did you find that out? No, he wouldn't tell me. He was at a hotel on West 7th, but he moved yesterday. Nervous guy. Doesn't settle along in one place. Guess he's got a right to be shaky. All of them have. How do you mean? He got all that dough in the white stuff. Close to 50 G's worth. Kill him if you knock him over. Grab the junk. We'll kill a lot more if we don't. Before I left our informant, Jack Wallace, we set up a plan for future contacts. In case of any emergency, I would not attempt to get in touch with him at his rooming house at 3rd and Olive Street. Instead, I'd contact him at his work, the Joe Adonis Meat Market, on West Temple, where he was employed as a butcher. Wallace also promised to try to get me a sample of the heroin from the narcotics ring. 10.50 p.m., I checked back in at the office and beat Captain Kearney. Sounds a little fantastic, Joe. Six kilos. If it's true, it's a break a cop gets once in a lifetime. Well, that's the way Wallace tells it. I can't figure any reason why he'd lie to me. How about this front man, Red? You checked him out yet? Well, Ed's checking him through the moniker file now. He's a New York operator. That's all Wallace could tell me. You got any idea where the plant is? No, I don't. Wallace didn't even know where Red was living. Red's supposed to have a meet with him tonight. I gave him my home phone and told him not to contact the office. You got any court cases pending? No, but I got two I was going to file on tomorrow. You better give me the packages. I'll have Lou Walters assign them to somebody else. You and Jacob stay with us, gang. Put him to bed and get him up. All right. Wallace is going to try to get you a sample of the junk, huh? Yeah, he said he'd try. Captain? Joe? Oh, hi. Hi, Ed. You dig up anything? I don't know. Found one Cadillac Red. Could be out of the way. You get a mug on him? No, all we have is correspondence from New York. There was a warrant on him back in 1945. Same thing, narcotics. Later that year, the warrant was canceled. He was picked up. No disposition. You want us to radiogram New York for a rundown on him? No, let's not stir it up. Starting tomorrow, you two stay away from here. Get yourselves fixed up in a hotel room downtown. Let me know where you're staying. Okay. Call me at 2 o'clock sharp in the afternoon. I'll make it a point to be here. Better call me on the inside line. All right, Skipper. Where do you think we ought to set up, Joe? Oh, I don't know. How about Pop Sherman's place down there on Hill Street? He'll cooperate. You know what that stuff did to his boy. Okay. You want to check in tonight? No, my wife's going to scream her head off as it is. You better make it in the morning, huh? All right, we'll Narcotics, turning. Oh, yes, ma'am. Just a minute. Can you, Joe? Okay, thanks. 
Friday, darling. Oh, yeah, Ma. Mm-hmm. Did he say what time? Hmm? Yeah, okay. No, don't worry. I'll get a bite downtown and I'll be home. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Bye. My mother, Wallace, just called my home, left a message for me. Yeah? He had to move with Red. He's got the sample. At 7.30 the next morning, Ed Jacobs and I checked in at Pop Sherman's Hotel on South Hill Street and took adjoining rooms. We'd left all possible identification in our lockers at the office. At 9.30 a.m., technicians from our crime lab arrived and installed a bug in my room and set up the receiver next door in Ed's room. In the event any of the gang happened to come to my room, they'd be able to record the conversation. I registered as Paul Lindsay, San Diego, California. Ed registered as Ray Morrissey, Sacramento. At 11 a.m., I went alone to Adonis Meat Market, where our informant, Jack Wallace, handed me a dummy package, which I took back to the hotel. Inside the package, I found a sample of the narcotics along with a note from Wallace. He wrote that he arranged a meet with Red for that night. I was to pick up Wallace in front of the subway terminal building at Hill Street Side at 9.30 p.m. I gave the sample of heroin to Ed, who took it to the crime lab, where Sergeant J. Allen ran a test on it. The sample tested out within 40%. For the drug market, it's considered good quality. At 9.20 that night, I left the hotel and walked five blocks north to the Hill Street entrance of the subway terminal building. Wallace was there waiting for me. He said we were to meet Red at a hotel on West 54th Street. 9.47 p.m. We got to the hotel, went to a room on the second floor. Listen here. Jack. Morning. Red, this is my friend I was telling you about. Yeah. Paul Lindsay. Paul is his red. Hi. Yeah, he got some H to unload, huh? Hmm? What are you talking about? What is this, Jack? You give me a bump steer here? Relax, and it's all right. He's solid, Red. You can talk. Now he talks too fast and too much. I'm here to do business. If you're ready, I am. If you're not, say so. I haven't got the time to play cozy with you. Well, now, take it easy, will you? Get along a lot better. Well, what do you want? Jack vouched for me. Isn't that enough for you? The guy who vouched for Jack's in the county jail. We haven't been able to talk to him. Where have you done business before? Well, I could ask you the same thing. Now, look, mister, we got one thing in common here. You got something to sell. Maybe I want to buy it. If we can't get together, let's forget the whole thing right now. You're not the only pusher in town. There's a chair over there. Why don't you sit down? I'll fix a couple of drinks. Jack can fix them. Find out if you and I can get together. All right. St. Paul, bourbon and water? Yeah. Well, how about it? How much you got to sell? Take it easy, huh? There's no rush. Talk better over a couple of drinks. Well, maybe you got the time, mister. I haven't. How much can you furnish me with? More than you can buy from the looks of it. Hey, Red, you got any lemons? Uh, no. No lemon twist in it, Paul. That all right? Yeah, that's all right. Make it light with it. Now, this junk you got, what's it kept? It's the best this town's seen in a long time. It's 50% or better. Well, who are you trying to con? My tester used your sample this afternoon. He said it won't go 40%. Okay. In a way, you can get better? Paul? Here you are. Red? Thank you. How about it, Lindsay? Do we do business? Maybe. Oh, who's playing cozy now? Well, if I do go, it won't be for standard price. Your junk isn't worth it. It's 40%. I don't care what your tester says. It also cost you 400 No, not to me it won't. I'm not paying out good money for milk sugar. I want a big buy and I want quality, but not at 400 an ounce. 
Maybe we can work something out. Why get excited? Because I don't like chicken operators. I don't like stalling around. Now, if you've got an offer, let's make it. Price is going to depend on a lot of things. How much merchandise you're going to want? 20 ounces. i got customers up north. have to have it for them the 15th of the month. Up north where? San Francisco, Sacramento. That's funny. You checked on me. Yeah? Yeah, the hotel you're at. You're registered in San Diego. Yeah, good address. I've never been there. I heard some talk about you. You ever worked Fresno? Maybe. I keep customers where I find them. 20 ounces, huh, at the minimum? For your stuff, yeah. Now, what's the price? I think we might get together. It's a pretty good buy. Might work out a discount on it. How much? Uh, three and a quarter an ounce. I figure that's reasonable. Maybe you do, I don't. 275, I can't go better. If I didn't need this stuff right now, I wouldn't offer that. Just what's the difference? 20 ounces, 300 an ounce. You can't do better than you know it. No, how about it? 300 an ounce? I'm not lining up for a soft touch. I want another sample when I move on. You'll get it. Now, what do you say? All right, you got a deal. 20 ounces. When do I get this stuff? We'll get in touch with you tomorrow. Who'd jack you? 6,000. You sure you got the money? I got it. Now, what's the setup? Tomorrow, you'll get the word. All right. If I don't hear by 4 p.m., I'll know you're gone hinky. I'll look up somebody else. Okay. How about it, Jack? You ready to go? Yeah, okay. See you later, Ed. Jack? Yeah? You got a wife and a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, Jack. Okay, fine. Why? Nothing. I'll talk to you later, Jack. 10.40 p.m. The informant, Jack Wallace, and I took a cab back downtown and I dropped him off. I got to a pay telephone, called Captain Kearney and my partner, Ed Jacob, and we set up a meeting. 11.20 p.m. The three of us met on a side street out in the North Wilshire District and I briefed them on what had happened. In order to prevent any possible harm to either Wallace or his family, the captain told me he'd have them placed under 24-hour surveillance. His children would be kept under observation going and coming from school. The next morning, I stayed close to my hotel room waiting for a contact from either Red or another member of the gang. 1.05 p.m. Hello. Lindsay, this is Red. Yeah. I thought we had last night. You still interested? Well, yeah, aren't you? Mission Road, all right. You gonna be there? No. How I know your man, he might make a mistake. He won't make a mistake, he knows you. I hung up the phone and checked with Ed Jacobs next door to see if he'd picked up the conversation on his receiver. He told me he'd notify Captain Kearney of the plan for that night and that the captain would be in the office if I wanted to contact him on the inside line. As soon as I picked up the sample of heroin... I was to return to my hotel room, and Ed would immediately take it back to the crime lab for analysis. 1.30 p.m. I left the hotel, went downtown to a pay phone, called home, and talked to my mother. She said there hadn't been any phone calls. I walked around for a couple of hours, went to a late afternoon show, and then I went over to Frank Tang's place for dinner. 11.15 p.m. I caught a yellow streetcar going north on Main Street and rode to the end of the line on Mission Road was about 300 yards from there to the designated meeting place, the west end of the park. The place was dark, completely deserted. 11.25 p.m., 11.30. Lindsay? Yeah. The package you want? Eucalyptus tree back there in the middle of the park. Where? Straight back there. You can't miss it. You'll find the package under a rock at the bottom of the tree. See you later.
I started to cross the park. The eucalyptus tree pointed out was about 200 feet from the edge of the road. There was a narrow path hemmed with shrubbery leading up to the base of the tree. There was a large rock beside it. I bent down and looked under the rock. There was nothing there. I started to turn, but it was too late. All right, where is that? Give him the hoop stamp. Give it to him. Shake his pockets down. No identification on him. He's clean. Let's go. He's got his sample. You are listening to Dragnet, authentic stories of your police force in action. came to, it was a few minutes past midnight. The bruises on my face and head were beginning to swell. I felt dazed, sick to my stomach. I made my way out of the park and down the road to a public phone booth where I called my partner, Ed Jacobs. He came out right away and drove me back to the hotel. Ed put in a call to Captain Kearney, and he made arrangements to have a doctor sent over to examine me. He treated me for numerous cuts and bruises about the face and head and the upper part of the body. There were no serious injuries. At ten minutes past one... Captain Kearney called back and wanted to know if Ed and I could meet him at his home. He didn't want to take the chance of being seen around our hotel. Ed and I drove out to his house in the Silver Lake District. Come on in. Sit down. Yeah, thanks, Skipper. How do you feel, Joe? My side hurts a little. Fair, I guess. Yeah, they really gave you a working over. You recognize any of them? Yeah, one guy. I don't know his name, though. What do you think, Skipper? Round up the whole bunch of them? No, that's not going to help any. Suppose we pick him up now. What do we got on him? A misdemeanor, battery, 30 days in jail, they're out again. We're right back where we started. What do you figure's wrong, Joe? Think they got hinky? I don't know. I can't figure. I think you better take a couple of days off, go home and rest up, let some of those bruises heal. The whole thing could be blown to that time. The deal will be cold. If we're going to make it pay, i got to stay on it. How do you know they haven't made you first cop? The deal might be cold right now. Yeah, it's possible. What other reason would they have for tamping you? How about your friend Jack Wallace? He might have a straight story. Ask him about it. No, I'll do better. I'll ask Red. Captain Kearney finally agreed to go on with the plan with the understanding that Ed Jacobs and another man from our office would have me under surveillance at all times. It was understood that I'd go back to Red's hotel room to see if I could pick up the loose ends. Jacobs and another officer would follow me to the hotel and remain within calling distance. 2.10 a.m. I got to the hotel on West 5th Street and went up to the second floor to Red's room. Who's there? Lindsay. How you doing, Lindsay? Lindsay. Hey, lay off, huh? I ought to break your back. Wait a minute, Lindsay. Wait a minute. What's this all about? You want to know? You set your hoods on me. Look at my face. I don't know what you're talking about. I went back to pick up the sample. This is what happens. How big do you punks think you are? All right, Stan, what happened out there? Not much. You said he was acting smart. We thought he'd cool him off a little. I told you to keep an eye on him. That's all, not to rough him up. No, he's a crybaby. We hardly touched oh, him. Oh, shut up. Every time you get on that H, you get muscle happy. I warned you before, Stan. Now, this is the last time. You better quit chipping with that junk. You cause me more trouble like this and you're out, understand? He's a crybaby, Red. We didn't hurt I him. I heard enough from you. Now, go on. Take a walk. Okay. You see, Max, tell him I want him. Yeah, all right. 
Sorry, Lindsay. These things happen sometimes. Can't be helped. Well, why do you keep punks like that around? I thought you were too smart to connect with users. They could get both of us in trouble. Oh, they'll be all right. Relax. Every once in a while, I get geed up and I have to straighten them out. I wouldn't trust them with my laundry. They're all right for what I use them for. The good errand boys. Can I get you a drink? No. All right, what about the stuff? You ready to move on the deal? I've been ready. I told you I needed the stuff for the 15th. How about tomorrow night? What's the matter with right now? Oh, now you know better than that. I don't keep the plan around here. I'll call you at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I still haven't got the sample. You don't need one. It's as good as the first one you got. Come on, what are you stalling for? I'm getting tired of the sample yak. If you don't want to buy, say so. You'll bring it to my hotel tomorrow night? No, I'll call you. I'll tell you where you can pick it up. 20 ounces, 300 an ounce, right? Yeah, no phony stuff. You keep your hands on the table, so will I. You deliver the merchandise, I'll pay the money. What are you worrying about? I trust you. Why can't you trust me? Yeah, sure I did. Look at my face. 3.05 a.m. I left Red and went back downtown to my hotel room. A few minutes after I got in, I heard Ed Jacobs and Lieutenant Lou Walters enter the adjoining room. I checked the hallway first, and then I went next door and briefed them on what had happened with Red. I told them I'd let Ed know about the time and the place of the meet as soon as I heard. Waller said he'd keep enough men ready at the office to cover the area on short notice. I went back to my room, took a shower, and got some sleep. At 8 o'clock that night, I was in my room standing by the phone. I waited. No call. 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.15, still no word. 9.25 p.m. Hello. Lindsay, this is Red. Sorry, I'm late. I couldn't get to the plant. Well, what's the pitch? It's all set. Norwich Grill, West 7th Street. When? 10.30 shot. Before he hung up, Red told me to meet one of his pushers in the last booth at the back end of the grill. He said I'd recognize him. The man would have the package of heroin wrapped in newspapers. I was to hand him $6,000 and he would give me the package. I immediately contacted Ed in the room next door and he notified the office. At 10.15 p.m., I left the hotel with a dummy package of money containing six marked bills. 10.28 p.m., I got to the Norwich Grill on West 7th Street. It was almost empty. I went to the rear booth where I found one of Red's pushers, Stan, drinking coffee. Right on the dot. Sit down, Lindsay. Yeah. Well, let's not camp on this thing. You got the money? I done business with you before. Where's the stuff? Didn't Red tell you where to be? Yeah. Wrapped up in that newspaper. He told me there'd be some stuff under a rock one time. It wasn't there. I want to look. What's the matter? Don't you trust me? You think I got a reason to? All right. Have a look. Yeah, are you satisfied? No. Open it. All right. It's all there. I saw it made up. Enough for you? Yeah. Okay. You just made a deal. Yeah, what do you have? Coffee, black, piece of apple pie. All right. You? Coffee. All right. Okay, stuff's there. Now, how about the loot? I got it. Let's have it. Six G's. Red wants me back in a hurry. Well, relax. We'll have some coffee. This is a big deal. Money. Now, how about it? All right. There you go. What's the matter with you? What are you shaking about? Nothing. I'm a little nervous. Red wouldn't let me have a fix before I left. Getting a little sick. I'm going to have a look here. What are you doing? Red told me to tell you not to open it till you got it back to him. Are you kidding, mister? All right, you go ahead and open it up. You'll have to answer for it, not me. Sure. Hey, what's the deal? Only a few bills in here, the rest of it's paper. You trying to beat us? It's already done. You won't get away with us. We'll fix you up. Max is outside. 
Friday, we saw him take the envelope. You get the stuff? Yeah, right here. Yeah, waiting outside, Joe. We got him. I'm taking him in now. Cops, lousy cops. Wait right here's about this. He will. Ted? Yeah, I'll get him. Okay, let's go. Come on, fella, move. Well, what are you grabbing me for? I deliver the stuff. That's all. These big deals aren't mine. I'm small time. Fix once in a while, that's all I want. Just little fixes. The biggest deal I ever made. Yeah, sure. It's the truth. Now, what about Red? He's got a lot of this stuff left. This guy's above him. Big dealers. Why don't you get them? We'll get them. You'll never guess who the other two are. They're real high powers. Big deals. Nothing but big deals. You won't bust them a hundred years. Yeah, let's go. Get my coat, will you, Ed, please? Yeah, okay. Hey, forgot your check. Who's going to pay for the coffee? Here you will. Who? This one. Me? Yeah. You just made a big deal. The story you have just heard was true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On August 13th, the booking was made at the Los Angeles Police Department, Watts Substation, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that booking. The two suspects, Stanley Parrish and Max Higby, were booked at the Watts substation on suspicion, the Narcotic Act, felony. After a meeting in the district attorney's office, they expressed their desire to assist the police in the apprehension of the outstanding members of the gang. They were filed on, and before a magistrate in municipal court, they waived their right to a preliminary hearing to conceal the fact of their arrest. Next week, The Big Red, Part Two. Ladies and gentlemen, to build our strength against aggression, we must equip our armed forces with the weapons of war. At the same time, we must produce adequate supplies of civilian goods in order to keep prices down and defeat inflation. We can meet this double challenge by raising our productivity, by turning out more goods and services for every hour we work, and by refusing to let up until our nation is secure. Remember, the better we produce, the stronger we grow. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Heard tonight were Barney Phillips and Stacey Harris. Script by Jim Moser. Music by Walter Schumann. Hal Gibney speaking. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all king-size cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet, transcribed from Los Angeles. Every one of your waking hours, NBC broadcasts the very finest in comedy, mystery, music, drama, news, and programs of public service. So always set your dial to NBC, the leader in radio programming. Counterspy fights international intrigue next on NBC.